to Leading Grace, a listener-supported podcast from the Free Grace Alliance about working together to take the gospel of God's grace to the world. Welcome, fellow Free Gracers. I'm your host, Grant Holly, and I'm here with today's guest and my friend, Joe Duke, who is the author of Reflections, Words to Inspire, Challenge, and Encourage You. He is also Pastor Emeritus of LifePoint Church in Greater Baltimore, which will host the 2023 FGA International Conference from October 9th through 11th. Joe will be speaking with me at the upcoming regional conference in New Jersey and will be one of our plenary speakers at the international conference. Say hi, Joe. Hi, Grant. Thank you for having me. Yeah, welcome. Glad you're on with us. Thanks. So, uh, Joe, tell us a little bit about your life, your family, and a little bit about your testimony. Yeah, so I don't know how far back to go here, but uh, I was raised uh, in Georgia. And uh, the way that I describe it is a very loving home. We were churchgoers. Um, although I don't know that my family could have clearly articulated the gospel, but, uh, as a teenager, young teenager, 13 year old, uh, I was exposed to the gospel for the first time. And prior to that, I was on the, um, the, uh, improve personal improvement plan. My goal was to, um, just be a good kid. And I realized, Hey, if I do good things, my parents pat me on the head and give me attaboys maybe that strategy would work with God. And so I set about Mm. doing those kinds of things to uh, at least gain God's favor. And then uh, all of that was shattered when I heard that none of that would work, (laughs) that that, uh, Jesus had done everything for me by taking my sin on himself and now offered me a free gift by simply believing him for it. So uh, in fact, I was recently remembering that um, the way that it worked was in that event, whoever was leading that that youth event said hey if you if you have uh don't know for sure that your sins are forgiven or can say that you know jesus in a personal way and know that you're going to heaven come with us into this little chapel which was a side room uh, over in the church and so i remember about 10 of us went in that room sat on these long pews and i heard for the first time the the, the simplicity and the wonder of the gospel and believed it uh, in that moment. And, and uh, incidentally, um, years later, that church was relocating and the pews in that little chapel uh, were being removed. And I called a lay leader at the church who was a friend of our family. And I said, hey, you know, I would sure love to get one of those pews from that room where I mm. became a Christian. And so we, I, I went into the whole story, told him that's where I became a Christian. We, we on, This was a phone conversation. We even cried together and reminisced and and several months later, he presented me with a, a beautifully refinished pew from that room, his gift mm-hmm. to me, and that, and all nine feet of that pew is in my house right now. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's memories. great. Yeah, special memories for sure. Yeah, so tell, tell us about your family. Uh, well, I grew up um, with a mom and dad, fortunately, which can't be said of everything, especially these days, uh, and two younger sisters, so I was the oldest. My uh, dad was an attorney for years, um, appointed by Jimmy Carter, who was at that time governor of the state of Georgia, to district attorney, and then finally to superior court judge. And so I grew up in a political family, which is one of the reasons I have a distaste for politics today. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, uh, but uh, but a loving home, again, uh, not uh, overtly, uh, again, we were churchgoers, but uh, I don't know that we talked a lot about the content of the gospel 
or, or even, uh, you know, how to live with Jesus in an abiding relationship uh, every day. But super, super grateful for my, both my parents. My dad died many years ago. My mom just recently died, uh, in fact, from uh, an extended illness. And uh, my sisters are both in Georgia. Love it. We're big uh, University of Georgia Bulldog fans. So the last two years of national championships have been uh, awesome in our family. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, Trisha and I, my wife, got married uh, be 44 years this summer, which is wow. hard to believe. Yeah. And you've met Trisha. We were, we mm -hmm. were all together out uh, for a conference uh, in Washington State. Uh, she's a nurse practitioner, just does a great job in the medical field. Uh, we have two sons, both grown and married. Uh, one's in Colorado, one's in the Outer Banks of North Carolina. Uh, the Colorado family has three grand, uh, of our grandsons, and the Outer Banks family has two of our granddaughters, and uh, with another one on the way here. So it's pretty exciting. And uh, I'll tell you, for me, uh, you know, I know you're not there yet, but that day when you get that grandkid, woo, <laughs> there's nothing like it. And, uh, you know, I heard stories about it before I was a grandparent, but man, oh, man, just so grateful uh, to God. You got even use that as kind of a reminder in my life, I think, because they, they started coming along about one a year and uh, I was in kind of a dark place, you know, just a lot of hard things in ministry. And God just kind of used that to remind me, hey, here's new life and this is what I'm about. And and so to this day, I'm super grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully it's a little while uh, for me before I get grandbabies. My, yeah. my son's only fourteen, so yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm really looking forward to that that stage of life. So pretty awesome. So, uh, Joe, how did you come to believe in free grace theology? You know, I think uh, when I look back on it, I had a I had a hodgepodge of beliefs. I, I was raised in Methodist church, and um, there wasn't much doctrinal clarity at all uh, there. And then I sort of slugged my way through having become a Christian at about 13 years old, read a little bit of this and that. And, you know, I, I think at one time I would have said, man, maybe you can lose your salvation. At one time I was confused about this and that. So I had a real eclectic, you know, mashed together version of the Christian life. Uh, ended up going to Dallas Seminary, for which I'm uh, super grateful, and um, ended up uh, developing a relationship with Zane Hodges. And uh, it was life-changing for me. I, I can remember, um, in fact, one time uh, Zane was just a you know, brilliant a New Testament scholar, and, uh, but very generous with his time and a very humble person. And I can remember one time we had a, a lunch scheduled and I was making my way into this little diner on the east side of Dallas. And, you know, the the smell of chicken fried steak and collard greens hung in the air when I made my mm -hmm. way to the table where he was. And I remember eagerly putting a, a pad on the on the table so that no little tidbits of wisdom would flutter to the floor. And in that conversation, he, he made a statement that literally revolutionized my Christian life. He said, um, salvation imparts new life discipleship develops that life mm. and it was like i don't know how to explain it the way that i tell the story is it, it was like one of those scenes in a, in a war movie where the explosion goes off and there's this you know lone bewildered guy teetering around can't hear anything and then all of a sudden you know the sound comes back and he realizes what happened and for me it was like that it redirected my view of the bible especially the new testament it redirected 
how uh, I thought about my personal growth. It redirected how I shared the gospel. When I understood that distinction, I was off and running. And, and even at that point, you know, was beginning to write some of this down. And Zane was so gracious and looking things over and making, you know, comments and feedback. And so, um, I, you know, I often say, hey, maybe, maybe the primary reason I went to Dallas Seminary was, was to get that grace message and super mm-hmm. grateful for it. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. Um, I've mentioned this to our audience before, but my uh, first exposure to free grace theology was also through Zane Hodges. I had a friend who was uh, reading one of his books and um, um, actually when I met him, he was, he was sitting down reading one of those and I, I, re- I asked him, what are you reading? And uh, it was absolutely free. And so yeah. it was, it was just so great to get, to get that fresh perspective on the gospel and to clarified so many questions that I had. And I hear you. I remember you're telling me that story and, and what a, what a book, uh, there's a staff member at our church, uh, he and I went through that book. It took us about a year and a half, to be mm-hmm. honest. But, but uh, it is just such a pivotal, um, you know, expression and explanation of how good grace really is. Yep. Yep. Amen. Tell us about your time at Life Point Church. Well, so I've just gone through a huge transition. I uh, years ago, uh, actually leaving Dallas in in the late '80s, moved to Maryland to start a church. And um, there was this need, uh, you know, all the way up the East Coast for churches that were, uh, I would say at that point, we'd use the word contemporary. We don't really use that word anymore, but biblically centered and grace centered. And um, so uh, at that point, I and and about 25 people launched this thing called uh, LifePoint Church. Mm. And um, so the recent transition for me has been, uh, after 35 plus years of ministry, I have now stepped aside as senior pastor and become pastor emeritus. And I'm still trying to figure out what that means. It just sounds very important. So <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to sit in that for for a little bit. But uh, the church grew. We were able to uh, purchase lots of property, build lots of buildings. And it's just been uh, an incredible uh, gift from God. I'm very grateful uh, you know, often say, uh, you know, the average tenure uh, for pastors at a single church is somewhere between four to eight years. Mm. And uh, I always marvel at that because I think it takes at least five years just to get traction, you know, in, in a church setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew I wanted to stay a long time, but 35 years is it's a long time. But I'm very, very grateful. And Trish and I are still uh, in the church. Um you know, I'm, I'm looking to do more speaking and writing and connection with FGA and other organizations and other churches. So um, just it's just been a wonderful, wonderful season of ministry, a lengthy season for sure. But, uh, you know, our best friends in the world are here. We've seen God do miraculous things. Lots of people come to come to Jesus and, and so many of them growing up in the faith. And uh, I love it. Very grateful to God. Tell us about your book, Reflections. What made you want to write it and what can readers expect from it? Well, Reflections was was born out of the transition um, to uh, stepping away as a senior pastor of our church. And uh, it's basically a compilation of much of what I've written and spoken uh, over lots of years. So somebody the other day was asking me, hey, how long did it take you to write it? Well, my first answer is 35 years. My second answer was <laughs> so much of it wasn't maybe 90% of it wasn't really written. It was compiled. Mm. And so it was a, 
a unique approach. Um, I, I started uh, maybe with a, just a booklet in mind and a printing project, and it turned into a book and a publishing project. Hmm. Um, but it was a very, um, oh, it just, it just was cathartic in one sense, but it was also um, it made me move toward God in gratitude. So it was uh, around not only my stepping away, but our church's 35th anniversary. And so Reflections is really all about words that are uh, spoken. The subtitle is Words to Inspire, Challenge, and Encourage You. And, um, you know, so it's it's been, I don't know, just a helpful celebration to me personally and mm. for our church, I hope. Mm. That's great. Yeah, it's available on, available on Amazon. I, uh, when, when it when the, the, the book first hit Amazon, I had these people coming to me like it was number one new release in, in faith and number one new release in devotionals. <laughs> I'm thinking, man, either all of our friends and family are buying this book or, <laughs> or all our church people are. So uh, that, was, uh, that was an awesome experience. Short-lived nonetheless, but it was, uh, it was pretty awesome. That's great. Yeah, you sent me a copy of it and I've, I've got it sitting by my side of the bed. I've, I've been reading it, but I, I haven't finished it yet. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I'm glad. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, so if you could only teach on one topic for the next year, what would you choose and why? That is a really good question. Um, I would answer that with, I would teach the distinction between salvation and discipleship. Mm. That's probably been the single most um, transformative theological topic for me. And it's been the one over the years that I've noticed the light go on for people. Mm. Um, I think it it uh, clearly explains some of the tough text in the scriptures. It clearly uh, points people in the direction uh, away from a work salvation. And uh, I just think that, you know, to clarify the technical, you know, theological words would be justification uh, and sanctification. And uh, I like salvation and discipleship or sort of some, some basic ways of talking about it. But I just think that is so helpful. And I've come to see that if, if that distinction collapses, what inevitably happens is the requirements for discipleship get absorbed into the single requirement of belief in Jesus. Mm. And that what you end up with is paying a cost to get saved. And you, you end up with doing all of these things by way of obedience uh, and diligence uh, a works kind of diligence to try to, um, you know, earn, keep, or prove your salvation. And I just think that is such murky ground. Uh, and, you know, frankly, uh, it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's everywhere in print and uh, online and in conferences and everything else. It just seems to be something hardwired in human beings that wants to contribute mm -hmm. to salvation. Mm -hmm. And um, anyway, and, and of course, part of that, I think, is the clarity in, in the discipleship piece, the clarity of the judgment seat of Christ. To me, the judgment seat of Christ is the great equalizer. It answers those concerns, you know, like, what if, what if a person just, you're saying a person could just believe in Jesus? They, they might go wild. I've always thought that observation says more about the person suggesting it yep. than actuality. <laughs> yep. But uh, yeah, I think for me, those are the, that, that's, the, that's where I'd land. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point about the, you know, what you said about folks, 
you know, it says more about them than it does about about uh, the theology. Mm -hmm. And um, it it kind of it reminds me sort of how I normally respond when someone says, you know, well, you're just saying people can go out and live like the devil without consequence. And I, you know, the first thing I always say is, why would you want to do that? Exactly. I mean, that's, that's not a good life, you know. Exactly. And I, I think most people get that. Most people that do mm -hmm. understand the freeness, they don't they don't want to just go out and sin. They they look at it like, wow, this is um this is this is something better, you know, that yeah. I can live I can live my life in, in Thanksgiving and actually exactly. have some some power over these things that dominate my life and kind of ruin my my time here. So Totally, man. I think I think the case is usually though that those people are talking about those other people. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, because they think they ne they never would. But uh, anyway, but the reality of that is that you know God's grace can be abused. Mm -hmm. That's the wonder at all. Just like His love can be abused. Yep. You know, there the and uh, he God's not threatened by that. You know, he he uh, he just lays it out there and says, "Hey, this is free." Yep. Yeah, the salvation and discipleship thing. At um, I had somebody call me just recently um got my phone number from our website and um gave me a call and uh he was really struggling with you know he had be believed in free grace but he was he was really struggling with uh some teachers he was listening to online some of the the guys you might know and that were connecting those things discipleship and salvation and and upsetting his confidence in the lord and so i i sent him a copy of um charlie bing's book grace salvation and discipleship Oh yeah. Great book. Yeah. It really is a fantastic book. So mm -hmm. hopefully that'll uh, give him some, some encouragement. So. Yeah, yeah I hope so. You know, it, I think any other approach, uh, assurance goes out the window, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Yep. I just yep. think, uh, wow, the, the consequences are enormous for, uh, trying to collapse that distinction between salvation and discipleship. Yeah, speaking of assurance, that's the topic of our conference that we have coming up in New Jersey in uh, less than two weeks. So. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, exciting. Yeah, it is. I'll see you in person in a little bit. So. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was just, you know, curious if you could share with our audience what you're going to be talking about at that conference, since the topic is, can I know for certain if I'm saved? Well, uh, in follow-up to my favorite type of message, I'm going to be talking a little bit about the distinction between salvation and discipleship, or the verbiage that I use, and that we've come to use that even at our church, at LifePoint Church, is uh, the distinction between finding Jesus and following Jesus. Mm. Uh, I just think it's just foundational, even, even with the subject of assurance. So that'll be one talk, and then uh, I'll do another talk on how works work, because I think it's impossible to talk about assurance without addressing the subject of works. Mm -hmm. And so how do works work? Uh, what, what can we expect? Because I think if we're introspecting so much about the quality or the quantity of our works, we, we will struggle with, um, with assurance. So once we kind of get that whole, uh, you know, salvation is a gift, it's free, I'm assured of heaven uh, based on believing in Christ alone then um, what part do works play? Because like mm -hmm. we said, we don't, we don't ignore the fact that God's called us to be fruitful and to do good things. Uh, so how, how does the whole work piece fit in together? So I'm excited about that. Looking forward to being there uh, with, with whoever's there. And uh, if you're listening here and or in close proximity or even can hop a plane, we'd love to see you. Mm -hmm. And I'm, uh, it's such a privilege for me, Grant, to be doing this with you and, always, always love, uh, I tell you all the time, always love reading what you write and listening to you. I think you just do 
just an enormously credible job uh, at helping people understand these issues. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So I'd like to um, mention that, you know, our, our international conference, our annual international conference is going to be at LifePoint this year. And I um, wanted to see if maybe you could share with our audience what uh, folks can expect when they come to the conference from the church and the community there. Yeah, we're, we're very excited about hosting. Uh, never hosted an FGA conference before. And the fact that this is the international conference uh, is, is pretty exciting. So LifePoint situated as a suburb of Baltimore. And um, so we're, we're kind of out northwest of Baltimore, kind of out in the country, to be honest with you. But uh, I love our campus. I've watched God do incredible things over lots of years, you know, purchased 70 acres, built lots of buildings. Yeah, it's a very beautiful facility. And I think what you'll find as you make your way there is, you know, you hope our, our job uh, as a church is to make you comfortable and help you feel welcomed and all of that. And then the job of Grant and his team is to, you know, give you something to be excited about and, and exposed to. So we're, uh, we got a team of people that are working hard. I'm just glad we were able to do that. Had a couple of calendar conflicts we worked through and now we're, we're good to go. So we're honored to host it and very excited. So I got one final question for you. What would you want to see happen in the free grace movement in the next 10 years? I think uh, several things. One would be for the exposure uh, to have a, a, a broader range of impact. And uh, that's because it's not about uh, the Free Grace Alliance uh, in and of itself, obviously. Mm -hmm. It's about a message that is liberating and life-giving. And uh, it's just too good to keep to ourselves. Mm, amen. Um, I, I just think, wow. I, you know, I look back and I, I can't imagine, maybe it's because I've been swimming in the stream for, for so long, I, I can't imagine people trying to navigate a relationship with God or make sense out of it or share it with other people that is not a perspective of free grace. Mm. I, I just think it's that important. And so uh, that's one. The, the other would be um, kind of getting, uh, getting into the trenches with the average guy. Uh, I, I have a heartbeat for this, especially as a pastor for so many years. Um, I, I love that uh, the Free Grace Alliance can uh, meet people where they are on various levels. So you have everything from scholarly, uh, beautifully written material that requires a little thought and chewing on it and all of that to something as simple as understanding how basic this really is. So I'd love to see us think strategically about the audience and mm -hmm. uh, and how that uh, fits together. And Grant, I've seen this in your uh, heart, uh, and I think it's very important um, that we not develop a belligerent spirit or a combative, uh, you know, just like you, I have my opinions about uh, people that uh, I believe are in error on certain things related to free grace. And uh, many of those are being addressed through people writing uh, good material and all of that kind of stuff. And, and it's obvious Paul got a little hot under the collar in Galatians mm -hmm. when he was dealing with some of those. So I'm not saying it's, it's not a serious issue because it indeed is. But I think the kindness of the Lord Jesus living through us goes a long way and showing love and compassion, even to those that might disagree with what, what it is we're, trying to communicate to people. So 
Mm-hmm. Um, those are just some that come to mind, but you're doing an incredible job. I, I'm, I'm so glad, you know, I'd read a couple of your books before you and I actually met and, um, just very grateful for what God's doing through your life. I, I, um, just think you're uh, amazingly gifted to be part of this movement. And, you know, God uh, uses individuals, doesn't he? In lots mm-hmm. of different ways. And, uh, uh, I'm very glad to be part of what's happening with FGA and appreciate our friendship so much. Yeah. Thank you. Me too. Yeah. I, um, I just think that it's so interesting how we all have different giftings and, and, um, how much we all need each other. Um, and that's one of the things about, you know, we have to have an attitude that encourages people to want to work together. Cause, uh, we just, we can't do it by ourselves. This, this whole job is, is too big. Um, yep. So if we can, you know, help encourage people to, you know, do the whole connect, encourage and equip thing that we yep. always uh, say that we're about. And, and I, I love that FGA has been, um, been doing that. And, and, um, I'm, 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 I'm excited to see what, uh, the things that God is currently doing and all the things that he's got coming for us, um, in the future. So, so am I, <laughs> well, Joe, it was uh, so great to have you on with us today and, I'm always thankful for a chance to to catch up with you and talk with you a little bit. So um, thank you for being on with us. Thank you, Grant. Pleasure's been mine. FGA has a lot coming up in the next few months. On April 29th, we have the regional conference we mentioned on the topic of Can I Know For Sure If I'm Saved at Trinity Bible Church in Allenwood, New Jersey. It's free to attend. On April 30th, I'll be preaching at Greater Grace Church in Edgware, UK, which is a suburb of London. On May 3rd and 4th, I'll be teaching at Grace Family Church in Nelspruit, South Africa. And on May 6th, Charlie Bing and I will be teaching at an FGA conference called Rediscovering Grace at Glory Word Center in Pretoria, South Africa. On May 7th and 8th, Charlie will be teaching at Grace Family Church in Nelspruit. And on the 7th through the 10th, I'll be teaching at True Light Church in Johannesburg. On May 14th, I'll be preaching at Eglise Evangelique in Geneva, Switzerland. On May 26th through the 28th, Jeremy Vance, Jody Dillo, and I will be teaching at the FGA Regional Conference on the topic of rewards at Grace Bible Church in Portage, Wisconsin. And then we will have three conferences in Ghana. These will be in Accra, Kumasi, and Northern Ghana between June 19th through 30th. Dr. Mark Haywood and I will be there teaching, and we'll have more details about the other speakers soon. On September 9th, we'll have a regional conference at Burleson Bible Church in Burleson, Texas, and our annual international conference on the topic All In on Grace will be on October 9th through 11th at LifePoint Church in Greater Baltimore. Details and registration will be open soon at freegracealliance.com. If you're not a member of the Free Grace Alliance, it's easy to become one. And all of our domestic members receive Leading Grace magazine in their mailbox. In it, you can find lots of great articles and information about FGA and what we're doing to advance the gospel through connecting, encouraging, and equipping Free Grace people in ministries. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you would like to become a member of the Free Grace Alliance or to support FGA in its efforts to share grace graciously, you can do that and learn more about FGA at freegracealliance.com.